Um, in fact, my high school um, didn't enforce the wearing of shoes until it was a public school, until <laughs> there was a private school, St. Columban's, built next door. And they said, well, we've got to up the ante here. Everyone must now wear shoes to school. <laughs> and I tell you what, that was a rough day. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans by eventing fans. Hey, Karen, we got another five-star review in uh, Apple Podcasts. I saw. That's pretty awesome. Who do, uh, what, what do we have over there? We have Victoria NPA. She says, I love listening to this podcast, Driving to Work. Great interview questions and a very relaxed vibe. Hosts are wonderful. And it's nice to hear all the different backgrounds of the upper-level riders. I wish you did more than one episode per week. Oh, Victoria, that was very nice of Victoria. Very nice. And a little shout-out to to you and yours truly. Yeah. That was very cool. Mm -hmm. So, Victoria, thanks a lot. We do, every once in a while, we're doing bonus shows. So, um, But, you know, obviously the Wednesday show is our main uh, interview show. And then on uh, we're we're putting out bonuses on Mondays every once in a while. So, Mm -hmm. uh, check them out. So, Victoria... um, we're not too far, so hopefully if you ever see us, you you, uh, you stop us and say hello. So we want to thank our sponsor, Renegade Equestrian, for sponsoring our, our podcast today. Winter's coming. They make a really nice jumpsuit for the ladies, Karen. It's a nice insulated jumpsuit. And has a bunch of cool little features, right? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, so anyone that... Uh, uh, you know, didn't hear back. Listen back to our Renegade Equestrian uh, introduction. Our listeners can receive a forty dollar discount if they put in a promo code MLE forty. Yeah, so check it out, guys. Go to RenegadeEquestrian dot com. Check the show notes for the link if you have trouble following that, and uh, use promo code like Karen said MLE forty for forty dollars off. And mm-hmm. uh, it's really cool. It's really nice. It's going to keep you warm and uh, fashionable and. You, know, you can use it for all types of cool stuff, right, Karen? Oh, absolutely. From the barn to the ski slopes. Barn to the ski slopes. So a lot of people are saying they want to use it when they're clipping their horses to keep uh, you know, the, the hair from getting embedded in their, their daily clothes. So, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. So this is for anybody. Good gift for, for the holidays. So uh, check them out. Ready to go to question. And since safety is so important to Major League Eventing, we're also working with Danny Warrington and Buck Davidson on promoting their Bringing Safety to the Forefront Clinic, Karen. Yes, that is December 28th to the 30th in Ocala, Florida. Check that out. It's going to be really good. It's uh, it's a good comprehensive uh, joining up between uh, the land safe folks and, and, and teach you how to fall correctly and safely. And Buck is going to take you cross-country school on your horse, um, you know, talk about obviously how to ride the courses and be defensive riding. And then they're also going to have a, a certified trainer there that's going to help work with you for your fitness goals to uh, help strengthen you up. So what's the date on that again, Karen? December 28th to the 30th. Yep. So go to landsafeequestrian.com and click on the Bringing Safety to the Forefront link and all the info is there. I'm Karen. And I'm Rob. And Karen, we have a very special guest today on the Major League Eventing Podcast. Yeah. She is Australian eventer, Kate Chatterton. Kate, oh, nice. Thanks. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. This is uh, really exciting to have you. Mm-hmm. We, 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 um, Karen and I, we have a lot of Australian. We follow a lot of Australian people. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> we tend yeah. to gravitate to the Aussies. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if we've ever met before in person, but hi, I'm Rob. <laughs> hi, I'm Karen. <laughs> 
How's it going? Good. <laughs> I think I'm. I think I'm supposed to say good day. How how's it going, mate? Yeah, yeah. You got to put it on thick for us, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll revert back to my um, Queensland accent that I had when I was in primary school, <laughs> and then you won't understand a word I'm saying. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, so, are where where are you at right now as you're talking to us? Um, I uh, I live in Annapolis. Um, and I have a barn in Davidsonville, which is about 20 minutes away. Um, I live, I'm lucky enough that I can live on the water, which is the only way to be if you live in this town. Yes. And I live <laughs> with my boyfriend and three dogs. And um, I'm not sure which is harder to control the boyfriend or the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> So I, but I love them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So funny. So you're so Annapolis. That is a beautiful town, it isn't sure it, Karen? Is, yeah. Oh my goodness! It is the capital of Maryland, which I had no idea until uh, I was at a different barn uh, for eight years before moving here at the end of uh, at the end of winter this year. And the that barn was about forty five, fifty minutes out of DC. On the other side, um, close, very close to Waradaka, and okay. um, and that's not very far from Annapolis. But I had never really experienced um, the town at all. And when I decided to, um, the farm changed hands. And when I decided to uh, leave that farm, um, one of my students had been commuting from Annapolis to to my place, and it would take him an hour, an hour twenty. And when I told his parents that. When we came back from Aiken, we'd be moving to a different barn. His mum very cleverly said, I know that you would not want to move to Annapolis, but I do know of a barn that is possibly for rent. And I said, yes, you're dead right. We'll never move to Annapolis. <laughs> and then I like to, with all my options, I like to um, go down the avenue. Even if I think it's crazy, I, I go down and just rule it out so um, I don't have any regrets later on. And so I said to my boyfriend, let's go for uh, the afternoon to Annapolis just so that I can cross that off the list. And um, we're driving down the road. I didn't have an address for this barn, didn't know anything about how to find it, didn't know Davidsonville. And there was someone uh, tailgating us. And so my boyfriend pulled it over into a driveway and um, we went to the end of the driveway to turn around and that was the farm. And I had seen it once about six years ago. And it was beautiful, but I had no idea how to find it again. And um, and then it kind of seemed like fate that we yeah. – I was going to rule it out and we randomly turned into a driveway. And so um, we drove around a little bit more um, and then went and had a late lunch. And as all good decisions are made, a couple <laughs> of glasses of wine and that was it. I was set on moving here. Oh, uh, that is so cool. I can't we – totally, we totally believe in like – I totally believe in just sometimes that fate just having it go. Like that's how we it, found our house. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we found our home that way. I found two boats that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hang on a second. Boats and horses. Yeah. They uh, don't really go together very well. <laughs> that's why the boats are gone. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> Good choice. That's so, oh my goodness. That's so funny. A funny story. Just just fun fact. So we were at. Uh, Fair Hill C- CCI, just like just like the one that just happened, mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. how many years ago, Karen? Gosh, Maybe twenty, close to twenty years ago. Uh it was about nineteen years ago. About nineteen years ago, mm-hmm. and I couldn't stand where we lived, 
And I said, Karen, we're just going exploring. And literally, we just got lost. We left Fair Hill <laughs> after watching the CCI, got a little lost, made a couple of U-turns, a little wrong turns, and boom. Then we, we stumbled And you were home. We, here we are. <laughs> here we, we stumbled are. upon a lot, and a year later, we were living there. So <laughs> That's awesome. I believe in that type of stuff. I think it's cool. Sometimes you just got to just let fate take you where it's going to go. I actually um, found my old barn the same way, and uh, I loved that place so much. I had a great relationship with the owner of the farm, and he uh, um, bought, uh, I don't know, we ha- must have had seven or eight horses together, uh, including uh, McEwen Civil Liberty, who's uh, mm-hmm. still uh, going around now. Um, and then we had others that we bought from Ireland and then resold. And then we also had a, a horse that was not very fast cross country. So I started show jumping him because he was pretty careful. And he actually ended I ended up at Grand Prix. And I did a season of Grand Prix on him. And then we sold him into Ian Miller's barn in Canada. And I found that place by I, – I had come over here to um, – to, 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 um, uh, do uh, my sport and the farm that sponsored me uh, that, I, that I was working for went bankrupt after a month of me being here and so I was like what am I going to do now I've, I've got to um, I've moved my entire life and so I literally wrote down um, every farm in Montgomery County and Howard County which were, which a, a couple of the good counties around DC and drove down every driveway just asking for any kind of opportunity and um, and uh, this old farm of mine was the same one and it was like this gloomy day pouring with rain drove down there and it felt just like home and I was uh, I was there until the owner of the farm actually he sold it and then he he actually unfortunately died he was elderly and um and and then that's when i decided to move here so i I really believe in fate wow that is super cool yeah well before we get into all like talking about the current business we always like to what we like to do is uh go back to your origin and find out how young kate chatterton in australia started riding I don't know if you're prepared for that. <laughs> Bring it. Bring it on. <laughs> well, I, I grew up on a farm and my mom was really into horses. Uh, she didn't compete. I, I think I made, one, when I was a teenager, I think I made her do one gymkhana or something like that. But it was more just riding the horses on the farm. And we always, always had horses. And so from, I've got a picture of me when I'm a little kid with my mom and my brother on a horse and uh, I don't. I don't even remember when I started riding. I do, however, remember my first pony because I was not allowed off the lunch for about two years because I couldn't stop her. <laughs> um, she was a, a little white Welsh mountain pony, and I thought that she was the most amazing thing in the world. I thought that she was the most beautiful horse God ever created, and she was so smart and so comfortable to ride, and I had so much fun. And now I look back at photos and I can see she's got knobbly knees, her confirmation's <laughs> all out of sorts, and her head's not that pretty after all. But, <laughs> that, her name was Bluey, and I just loved, loved that horse. Um, and my parents got her for my brother and I um, when I was, I'd say, four or five. Um, and after that, it was a, just a progression of ponies. We grew up um, fairly... Um, 
modest in our means. Um, uh, and so I, what I would actually do was um, my first, I'll tell you a story about my first horse sale. Okay. I went out on another pony that, um, that, we, that we had called Princess and I was uh, almost outgrown. Her and I was riding down. We didn't have a trailer or anything, and so I spent all my time riding bareback, just out on the roads, out in the forestry, nice. um, doing things that would probably get you killed today. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I'm I'm proof that Darwin theory does not exist because I should have been killed off a long time ago. <laughs> um, and so I was riding down the road one day, and I noticed this family had moved in with. Um, this, I thought, again, at this time, this was the most stunning horse. It was an Arabian cross-quarter horse, chestnut, like with a blaze, just beautiful. And so I, I rode down the driveway, which is this, uh, I am actually a fairly shy person unless it's for something like needing a farm or <laughs> I wanted this horse. And so I rode down, introduced myself and said, what do you do with your horse? And they said it was for their kid and they'd been having trouble with the horse. And I said, well, I'm really good at riding. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, I was not. But um, I, could, I could keep the horse between me and the ground more often than not. And so we arranged. I have no idea why this kid's parents did this. But I was like 11 maybe. Wow. They, we traded my pony princess for this uh, gelding Apollo. So I left on princess and I came back on Apollo. And I said, <laughs> hey mom, I got a new horse. <laughs> what did your parents think of that when you're walking up with a different horse? Uh, they were very supportive of it. My mom uh, <laughs> drove over there and just like made it everything so that it was like a proper transaction. Yeah. <laughs> and um, she was happy because I got a, a new horse and then they had princess for ages. The kid loved the pony. I loved Apollo. He, um, I did a uh, few years of uh, gymkhanas and show jumping, and then I actually ended up selling him to buy another horse. Wow. And so that's how I did everything the whole way along was I had to train a horse or a pony and then sell that horse to get to the next one, to get to the next one, and eventually make my way up into the thoroughbreds, which is when I started eventing. Wow. Hmm. Now, and uh, were you pony clubbing in Australia as well? or? Oh, yeah. Um, pony club through and through. Um, I started when um, I'm guessing around eight and we had to ride everywhere um, because we didn't have a trailer. Um, and I, I was first a member of the Macclesfield Pony Club in Victoria and it would be an hour, an hour 15 ride there. And my mum in Victoria, adults can't be in pony club, but she would ride there and just leave her horse tied up all day and then ride back with me at the end of the day. Wow. And then when I got old enough to ride my like by myself, I, we were living in Queensland by this point, and it was a two-hour ride to pony club, and she would follow along in the car, and she'd um, uh, drive ahead, say, uh, five minutes in the car, which would probably be 20, 25 minutes on horseback, and just read a book until I caught up, and then she'd drive ahead again. And she did, she's a saint. She she did that for years. And I actually this as I'm very good at following rules now. Not very good when I was a teenager. <laughs> and um, I'm ashamed to admit that I was when uh, I think I was 16. I was and the membership came due to renew it for the following year. 
they suggested that I might be better off in a different pony club because I had this habit of waiting for uh, every morning at pony club in Australia, everyone has to line up and get their tack inspected. And I had a habit of no matter how early I was for pony club, I'd wait down the road until I could see everyone lining up. And then I'd gallop up pretending I was late and I would jump the fence to get in there. (laughs) 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 And they asked me not to do it several times. And then uh, ultimately they suggested there might be a pony club that would suit my needs better. (laughs) And and, um, they were were right and I should have probably listened. But then uh, mum and I um, found a block of land that was owned by the government actually only a 15-minute ride from our house um, in Delaney's Creek. And we um, campaigned the local member um, and we actually set up our own pony club there. And um, and so it was, a, it was a blessing in disguise and that pony club is now really popular. Wow. And I got to pick the colours for it. And at that age, I thought that it would be a fantastic idea to have this electric green and black so these poor kids are now having to go around to all the gymkhanas and show jumping competitions in electric green which suits no one and black (laughs) what's the name of your pony club that you guys started Uh, it's the delaney's creek pony club in queensland shout out to delaney's creek pony club in queensland (laughs) shout out and awesome. I apologize to all, all of those kids when they're in the middle of summer, they have to wear black breeches and have all their photos at home in this horrible green. Oh, that is so funny. You know, Kate, what I love about your story is that you did not let uh, uh, any circumstance hold you back. And that's so important for some people to, to understand is like you rode two hours to Pony Club. It was, uh, it's kind of one of those things. I, I, um, I credit my mum for that actually because she never, I was always ambitious and she never told me that any of my ideas were bad, even though a lot of them really were. <laughs> <laughs> and she just went, went along with them and did her best to keep me safe. Um, and I grew up reading all of those English pony books that are, were written in the 50s and those kids rode everywhere and I just thought that it was normal. I didn't realize that um, that I knew that the fancy kids had trailers, but mm-hmm. um, their, their horses did no better than mine and so it never really bothered me. Um, and to, to get to Jim Carner's actually, there was a very, very kind um, cattle farmer whose kids were no longer in the pony club, but he would take his cattle truck um, to the Gymkhana's and we'd pay him a nominal amount and we, our ponies would actually have to jump up into the bed of the cattle truck. <laughs> <laughs> and that would sometimes take them a little while to learn, but I tell you what, we never had an accident and all those horses were happy as can be and we'd arrive. Um, I actually went to my first one-day event in a cattle truck too, it's probably my first season. So during the week, the truck's taking cows to the auction. And then on the weekend, it'll be taking horses to shows. Wow. And obviously, it smelled like a cattle truck. And it had all of like, it was just timber flats. So it, if you saw it today, you would think there's no way you'd ever put a horse on there. But <laughs> it was great. We Horses loved it. We loved it. It was a great time. They, they, um, I think the term in Australian is bogan. Yes, Bogan. <laughs> yeah. 
I grew up bogan. Um, <laughs> in fact, which is not a reflection on how my mum raised me. It was just a product of where we lived. Um, in fact, my high school um, didn't enforce the wearing of shoes until it was a public school, until there was a private school, St. Columban's, built next door. And they said, well, we've got to up the ante here. Everyone must now wear shoes to school. <laughs> I tell you what, that was a rough day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Do we do we tell people what bogan is, or do we let them just figure it out on their own? Um, well, there's some pretty accurate references to it on Google, <laughs> but I would say that it's a it's not quite redneck. It's probably a cross between uh, trailer living people and <laughs> redneck. Um, <laughs> And with an Australian twist. Um, <laughs> no shoes in school rule. Oh, my goodness. That is so, so funny. Oh, my gosh. That's the best thing ever. I thought I thought our, our high school was kind of a redneck because we the last day of school, the kids can drive their tractor to school. But I think the no shoes. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The kids come rolling in. They're. Everything from the little small zero turn all the way to their to their combines. It's uh, it's quite the it's quite the uh, combine. I would, I would love to see that. That is that is awesome. Yeah, we'll shoot you some pictures. It's uh, it's legit. Or just show up to Rising Sun High School's last day of school. <laughs> we'll give you the date. It'll happen. Uh, well, is- I think uh, I've, I've um, spent a lot of time. Um, educating myself uh, away from being a bogan but <laughs> once a bogan always a bogan <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so funny so funny so so as you started you said you kept kind of trading horses up i'm still <laughs> oh that's so funny uh, you train horses up and you said and get get into the thoroughbreds and then i guess the thoroughbreds you said that's when you started eventing so tell us about how at what age you were when that happened and how did that kind of progress I was. We didn't have uh, much eventing around where um, where I grew up. There there are some events there now, but especially with the the transportation thing, it seemed extremely difficult to get the horses to a show. And I had there were no eventing trainers around um, and until I was able to. Um, I did find one again. I would have to like beg, borrow, and steal a trailer to go to these lessons um, about. 45 minutes away in a place called Kilcoy, there was a family, um, the husband is a farrier, um, the wife was a trainer, and their daughter actually um, made it to the Olympics in uh, Athens, and she was our highest placed rider, um, and she, like she was homegrown, she worked in the meat plant next door to their house to afford to be able to go and do the eventing, and so I would go and train with her mum, and her mum would probably not want me to credit her for any of the training because I was pretty wild um, and I definitely was not good at riding very slowly and um, but she was very patient um, and um, they really introduced me Rebel Morrow's um, uh, the her daughter's name and she's um, she's still a professional professional rider now um, and they really got me showed me the ropes initially um, and did did really well by me to get me into it. Um, and my th- first event horse actually came from I was at Pony Club, and when you get to a certain age in Australia, you can do your instructor's certificate, which means that you can teach like beginners and stuff like that. And this lady turns up one day on this mountain of a horse, 
this chestnut thing that was like bucking and jumping around, which really got my interest. Um, <laughs> and that day we taught this horse how to jump. His name was Danny. And he was too much horse for the lady. And again, me thinking that I was a good rider, I was like, well, I could ride that. And, um, and so um, we came to an agreement where I would take the horse and train him and she would continue to own him. And that was my first really good horse. And I wish I had him now and I would do such a better job with him. But he went, we went from pony club, him just learning to jump, to um, I did around about training level on him. And then I moved to New South Wales to get access to really good training. And then I started working for Boyd Martin. Um, and under Boyd's uh, tutelage, we got to, um, uh, I think we went from training to three star in something crazy like 18 months wow and i I look back at photos now and i'm i can't even imagine how that poor horse jumped around but he was amazing i loved loved that horse and um and he he showed me the ropes he he took me around uh, my first few seasons of advanced i made a lot of mistakes on him um and he he was patient and hung in there with me and um yeah, he was the one who really gave me a, a, a start and introduced me to um, – there's a, 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 a well-known writer in Australia called Heath Ryan, mm-hmm. um, and he and his wife run a very big eventing and dressage operation, and they've produced a lot of successful riders. And Boyd was based at Heath's place, and I knew that I had to go down in that area um, to get better training, and so I saved up a month's worth of rent and board and just um, moved down there. And Heath didn't need anyone. Um, he had enough working students, um, but Boyd was just starting out, and um, I was in the right place at the right time to start working for him. And so between him and Heath, um, that that's how I really got started professionally. Wow, it's really cool. Yeah. I know Heath's – like we've heard the story about how Boyd went and rode with Heath, and that's interesting. I did not know that you – that that you rode with Boyd. That's fantastic. How long did you stay with Boyd? Uh, about two and a half years. Wow. Um, it was, uh, I was uh, working for him when he won his first four-star. Wow. Um, um, and like there's just – in Australia, you travel so far to get to events. And I really learned uh, – it was great um, working for him because, as you know, he's got an endless amount of energy. Same with Heath. Um We'd be riding at all hours of the day, literally at 2 o'clock in the morning. We'd ride if we had to go to a show. Wow. Or we'd get back from a show and ride at midnight. Um, and then Ryan Wood, Ryan Wood was there for a while, and he and I would have contests to see who could ride the latest and stuff like that. It's just a great environment to grow up in and kind of learn learn my craft. Wow. So if you if you had a show, you went to the show, you got done, there were horses that needed to be ride, ridden, you guys would just hop on and ride until – the list until was- until all the horses were ridden yeah wow, wow. It, it was it was uh crazy um that was great great time <laughs> and you just you just learn how to work hard and that's i think the most important thing you can have as much talent as you want but unless you're prepared to work hard i will take hard work over talent any day of the week because you can kind of achieve anything if you're chipping away at it um and it's a quality i look for in horses too is any horse that's prepared to turn up to work every day can make up for so many um, other flaws that they may have. Wow. Now, how old were you during this time when you saved up and left home and 
how, like how far have I moved across Australia is that I'm, my geography is not perfect? Um, it was 14 hours. Um, okay. and I was, uh, 18 or 19. Um, I had actually, I'd been to college for a couple of years, um, studying accounting and I did not, I didn't know anyone who'd been to college before and, um, cause I was the first one in my family to go. And so, but I did know this guy who was able to afford like a really nice truck, really nice horses. And he was an accountant and I was like, well, that's got to be lucrative. <laughs> <laughs> I am terrible with numbers. I am terrible with paperwork. So it would be, if you had to pick a career that I would be worst at, it's accounting. So, um, I was probably lucky that I picked that because I um, decided that writing would do me better off. And so, yeah, went uh, moved down there 14 hours away. Wow. And then you stayed there for like two years. Were you there when Boyd ended up leaving and moving to America or was he? Yes. So when I finished working for Boyd, um, his farm is uh, – it's like – it's an icon. Um, and he has a lot of um, – like a lot of horses there and he had enough room for me to stay once um once uh once I left Boyd's and so um I continued to work out of his farm I lived at his farm um and then I was there probably for a total of seven years oh wow uh and then I went to Germany for a bit and then came back to Australia and uh in the meantime Boyd moved over here and I got a phone call one day at three o'clock in the morning um, <laughs> from Boyd was hacking down the road and he was just calling to check up and he said, you know, you really should come and check out America. And I was like, there's no chance I would move to America. And if anything, I would move to England because my dad's English and that would be so much easier. I got dual citizenship. And um, he said, don't rule it out. So he really strongly uh, encouraged me to come over for a holiday. And I did, and I came over while Rolex was on, and Heath was actually competing that year too. Um, and Boyd was riding Ying Yang Yo. Okay. Um, so uh, I came over, uh, loved it. Like I hadn't even left the airport in Kentucky yet to get to the horse park, and I loved it. Wow. And wow. immediately started planning to move over here. You had some bourbon at the airport, didn't you? I did. <laughs> <laughs> That'll suck them in. That'll every suck time. Oh, that's so, funny. so then I had to go back to Australia and um, get everything organized there and because um, I had quite a few horses in work and I had some to sell. And um, and then the horse I was talking about, Danny, he was actually the one I, I sold him and he paid for all my um, visa fees and stuff like that. Wow. So that horse was great to me his whole life. And he went to, to on to another girl who um, – he taught the ropes of eventing too, and she kept him actually until he um, got old and passed away. So um, yeah, I got I went back home, got everything sorted out, got a got onto my lawyer, um, got approved for a visa, and then came over here with uh, with a horse and um, a dog and about eight hundred bucks cash, wow. and um, and then everything just went from there. One horse, one dog, and eight hundred dollars. Did you go to stay with Boyd in the beginning to get started? Um, I didn't. I came straight to Maryland, and okay. uh, and uh, went to the farm that um that was uh, that closed down right after I got there. Gotcha. 
And uh, it was on Boyd's advice, actually, that I go to Maryland because um, it said it's really close to everything. You can um, uh, the train like it's not very far to come up here for training, etc. And so he really, really helped me out when I came here. And um, and and Philip's been awesome. Uh, and like I felt like even though I left all my family, I kind of I kind of grew up with Boyd and Ryan and Dom, so I felt like I was moving. And we all moved over here within a few years of each other. Right. Felt like I was moving over here with my family anyway. So that cool. the, um, the Boyd was really really great um, getting uh, helping me out in the beginning. Gotcha. I didn't realize that you four all knew each other in Australia. I met Dom Schramm at an event called Coffs Harbour and he must have been 14 at the time and I was still working for Boyd and we met at the um, water spigot to well, filling up water buckets and if you know Dom Schramm now, he was exactly the same at 14 years old. He was like, g'day mate, um, my name's Dom, I just came down from Queensland and um, and and that was it. I've been friends with him ever since. And um, we actually grew up not that far away from each other in Queensland, but we didn't know each other there. Huh. How about yeah. that? That's wow. interesting. Yeah. And then Ryan, I guess Ryan Wood, he was at Heath Ryan's as well? Yeah, he was there. Uh, he and Boyd were friends as uh, teenagers. And so I, I met um, met Ryan through, uh, through Boyd and okay. through the events. And then Ryan moved to Heath's place for a few years. Um, and so, yeah, it was the Australian eventing community is uh, pretty small and close knit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I never knew you guys all, you know, knew each other here. I just didn't know if that was, you know, that you guys knew met each other here. Or, but that's really awesome. I think that it's nice that you guys are are tight like that. And uh, I think that's I think that's really uh, I think that I think that's fantastic. You know, or, well, they're, they're all good people. Yeah, I love I love Australians. I mean. Our our one son works for Boyd now. Our older son used to work for Dom and Jimmy, and and uh, both of them took lessons with Sally Lofting. Yeah, do you know Sally Lofting? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, when Sally moved over here, I actually took one of her horses to sell. It was a big black horse called Scent, um, and his show name was Dollars and Cents. Um, oh, and then I <laughs> I sold him. Um, I sold him, and um, um, yeah, and she came back for a month or so. Um, yeah, so. Uh, I know Sally was actually, when I was in high school, I went for um, two weeks work experience at Heath's place uh, and just to get the feel of it and see, like I always knew I was going to ride professionally. I just nice. got distracted by the whole going to college thing. <laughs> yeah. Complete waste of time. <laughs> for anyone out there who wants to go to college, waste of time. <laughs> just kidding. Go to school. Otherwise, you end up having to ride horses for a living. <laughs> Um, but, um, when I was in high school and went there for work experience, Sally was working for Heath and she was one of these people and she was writing three stars. She was one of these people that I was in awe of. I was like, wow, you're, you're writing three star and you're working for Heath Ryan and you're doing this for a living. That's amazing. And then little did I know that uh, I would end up uh, becoming friends with her and, and then she would move to America and I would move here too. 
Yeah, she's she's wonderful. We've known her for quite a while now. Yeah. Yeah. So back when she was Sally McKechnie. We, yes. I was actually yep. just joking with her the other day that I had her phone number. Her name on my phone is Sally McKechnie. Was the- <laughs> but she, she's still in my phone as Sal McKeck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. So shout out to Sally. Um, so, so okay, so you moved to America. So we kind of, you know, just um, can you kind of tell us just briefly, what's that like? Like, how how is that and how uh, – I mean, that's got to be crazy scary. <laughs> and, then, and, then well, like, and then from there, how did you get to – like what's your current business today? Um, well, I had I had lived in Germany for a little bit of time. And so I thought that this would be like a piece of cake because um, same language, don't even have to learn a new language. And, um, and I found actually that there were a lot of subtle differences – um, the first thing that I figured out when I moved to America is just how um, kind and generous the people are. Um, like everyone just wants to, wants you to do well. Everyone wants um, to to. Everyone is kind of like, especially in the eventing community, just like wanting everyone to like push them along and 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 they, they tend to be very Americans are very generous and open people about. Um, about and happy people mm-hmm. and so um that was a, i did not expect that but that wasn't the first thing i thought that i would figure out when i came here <laughs> and um and then i just did different things like um my first uh my first trip to the mva to get a license um i that was an experience of about eight hours and i learned oh. a lot <laughs> about the the Red, uh, red tape and paperwork yeah. in America. Um, oh, my goodness. And just things like that. Like, um, and driving on this side of the road was um, a <laughs> skill that I had to learn. Um, <laughs> Especially with a trailer road. Imagine that'd be oh, sketchy. The, the, the farm that I was working for had a big um, six-horse head-to-head sundowner with their dually. And oh, I don't know if they really – um, understood or appreciated that we drive on the other side of the road in Australia because <laughs> they would just send me off and um, with uh, six horses and I'm like I don't know how to drive a gooseneck uh, our trucks are all rigid in Australia oh. I can drive I can drive a heavy vehicle I've got a license for that but I don't know how to turn one of these things oh and- <laughs> you didn't know how to back a trailer when you came to America yeah oh, I had no awesome. idea that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> I still then, don't know. No, <laughs> um, uh, I, I learned by Braille a little bit. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't my trailer. <laughs> and and so um, that was something that I had to learn. Um, and just it was, uh, and then the differences between states as well. Like there's a, in Australia, there's not that much difference between the people in the different states. I mean, the Queenslanders are the smartest and best looking. But other than that, um, <laughs> the, there's not that much difference. And then over here, there's a, a complete difference between uh, Maryland and then I live in Aiken, South Carolina in the winter. Complete difference in people. Different when you go to Florida, different when you go out west. Yeah, um, it's kind of funny. And it's really cool, actually. I, I, I love it. Um, so it took me a while to learn all of those things. That's very interesting. That's cool. Well, we're sure are glad you came over, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm very glad that I came over. How long have you been here now? Uh, just on nine years. Nine years. Wow, that's awesome. Um, 
Um, I've uh, my my green card is uh, just currently being approved at the moment. Um, so I, I plan on staying. It's a it's such a great um, such a great country. That's awesome. I mean, I love Australia. That's sure. always going to yeah. be home. Sure. But and you're keeping your your Australian citizenship. Like you're still. I am. Yeah, you don't. Yes, not I ride for Australia. Okay. Gotcha. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that very much. I'm kind of like a um, home field guy. I like people that stick with their. <laughs> I like the home team thing. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, but I, I, I get it. Uh, hey, so what's the, what's the current business today like? What type of, is it all competition? Are you doing sales? Are you doing training? Do you take in students? What's, uh, what's, uh, Kate Chatterton's business right now? It's a pretty even mixture between training, sales, um, and competition. Uh, the competition's my favorite part. That's the whole reason I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, then I have a great group of students, um, that I, I love teaching and I, I kind of keep it to a manageable amount of students. I'm not like a, a, a mill where I, I want to like take every single dollar that can walk in the door. I want to provide like a well thought out, good uh, quality um, training to my students and um, I've got a really good group of people. I do go and teach clinics. I was in state college this uh, on Friday and Saturday teaching. Um, and then I do love sales as well. There's no better feeling. Actually, the best feeling in the world is seeing your distance to a massive oxa at a full <laughs> gallop, 10 strides out, and knowing that you are going to absolutely 100% nail it. And then the complete opposite feeling to that is being 10 strides out at a full gallop, knowing you've got it 100% wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Second to to secondary to that, the ma- uh, matching uh, the right horse with the right uh, rider. I love that. That's such a great feeling when someone can someone can get on a horse and like and feel their dreams and feel their future and communicate with the horse. And then the horse, obviously, um, that the, the horse is gonna they're, they're gonna go on an adventure together. And because we're so lucky to be doing this. Um, the professionals are lucky, and then amateurs are lucky. We all compete equally, and uh, the the fact that we can get on an animal that um, respects us and uh, wants to do these crazy things that we do, um, I just love matching um, people with the right horses. Right. And so I I have the sales side, which uh, which I, I thoroughly enjoy. Awesome, hmm. that's really cool. Yeah, it is. And then, and then do you take on like working students and stuff like that as well or? Yeah, I do actually. Um, at the, and I will, if anyone out there is interested, at the end of December, I will, um, I have an opening for a working student. Um, and then obviously we go to Aiken right away. One of my working students is about at the end of her uh, time here. She's, um, she's actually going to move over to Germany. She's uh, to pursue her career. Oh, wow. Um, and she finishes up at the end of December. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I came through the working student system, and I think it's really important to give back. And, I mean, working students work so hard. It's not like it's a, a, a charity to them, but it's. I think it's really important that people learn how much hard work it is and that they learn like the – that they sometimes they're going to have to be cleaning out stalls at four o'clock in the morning or something like that, and because as hard as being a working student is, once you go out on your own as a professional, it is ten times harder. And um, the working student system is such a great one for getting 
for people learning whether or not that's what they want to do for a living or they want to take a gap year and just um, figure out what they want to do at college. It's a great system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're, we're big. We're very much behind that. Yeah. For sure. You know, know, there's so many things that like with our sons being working students, there's so many things that they learn that uh, as great as Pender Club and stuff like that is, it's like, you don't learn it. Like, uh, and the people that you meet and, and, and if you, even if you're a working student and you get to set rails while you're getting your lesson or, yeah. you know, they, they yeah. witness to all this, uh, you know, extra, even if it's not when you're on the saddle and, and, and that, that you're always students, learning. They're always learning. Always Horse learning. care, yep. all the tips and tricks. How do you prepare for a show? How do you get there early? You know, a lot of times, you, you know, you show up to a show and you see, your trailer and the SRAM trailer and Boyd's and Phillips trailers. And they're already there. And you're like, wow, I just got here at six in the morning and they're here, <laughs> you know, and, yeah, and you're yeah. like, what time do they leave? Well, you work for them when you find out yeah. just how early how they yep. managed to ride like <clears throat> multiple horses. Yeah. And yeah, well, you know, here's a, here's a little instance. So our son Joe works for Boyd and Boyd just, you know, wrapped up yesterday was Fairhill for anyone that's listening. Yep. And Boyd got done and he was flying out to Poe. Yep. But what people don't know is he went home and he schooled horses before he hopped on a plane <laughs> to, to go to Poe. To go yeah. to Poe. So he competes all weekend, does a CCI, does all the press conferences, does all that, goes home, rides horses, and then hops <laughs> on a plane. You know, yeah. I, I, I always thought he'd be, you know, in the owner's tent sipping, sipping some suds, you know, and, you know. <laughs> no, uh, that's not, that's not how you get good. And it's, a, um, um, his, his work ethic is incredible. Um, and that's, that's uh, going back to the hard work thing. That's the, the most important thing for anyone to learn. Um, and I've had working students that, um, that no longer ride, but they're very successful in what they've gone on to do because I, I think because they've learned, um, humility and they've learned patience and they've learned hard work, um, and all of those things that translate into any job that you do. And I don't care what it is. I don't care if you're, the president of America or your a, a janitor, like those things always um, translate to, to being good at something. Yeah. yeah. I'm hundred percent. I love it. I love it. Uh, so uh, what are, so you're already competing at the top level. Are you, um, what are your, do you have any more goals still? Like do you? Oh, absolutely. What type of, absolutely. What, what, what do you have uh, to check off still? Um, my only goal since I was, uh, 10 years old was to ride at the Olympics and I haven't done that yet. Um, that is, that is, that is it. Like that is my, my thing. Um, and, um, yeah, so that's, that's my, that I check, check that off and, uh, then I'll start playing a lottery and win a billion dollars and retire. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's awesome. Do you, um. How does that work being Australian in America? Does it, it, I, I, I'm, I'm a little ignorant in the Australian system. Are, are most of the Australian riders in Great Britain right now or are they still coming out of Australia? Most of them are in Great Britain. Okay. Um, and they've been there for some of them 20, 25 years. Um, and, um, they're very well established there. Um, but that's, that's where the, the bulk of the, um, team comes from is it is it a hindrance to be in america or do you still feel like you have a fair shake if you if you had a a great couple seasons put together with a great horse that you'd be able to get i think a, a great couple of seasons anywhere is gonna hold you in good gotcha. stead okay. um 
and we're so close to to Europe it's not that far to go like I went over to Blenheim um and I was and like as you know you can be away just for a week and in Australia to go to a show in England that's like a at least a minimum of a six-week commitment wow. and here it's a week so um, America is very close to to Europe if you need to go and compete there. Gotcha. So if you got, you know, if you're if you're really looking good, you're on the short list, and and they say, hey, come to Europe and do this kind of, you know, selection event. You, you know, it's a little, it's not that big a deal for you to. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. And now America is going to have. It won't be long. We're going to have two four stars slash five stars. So. That's very exciting. Yeah, it's real exciting. Right in our backyard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Can you believe that? Uh, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be so awesome. <laughs> so, Kate, <clears throat> we we have a, a a little thing that we added to the show not too long ago. And it's uh, kind of like a lightning round type of hitch with a couple of like five or six quick questions. So, uh, hard hitters, hard hitters, <laughs> so be ready. Okay. So this is, this is where it starts getting, this is where it can go I off might, the I might need a, I might need a second to prepare. <laughs> Do some deep breathing and, um, a little meditation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all Karen's questions. If you don't like, that's all Karen's. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. Kate, all right. Are, are you ready, Kate? I am. I am. All right. Do you have any hobbies? N- not really, no. If I did, um, and if I had some uh, a lot of spare cash, my hobby would be I really want to get my helicopter license. That nice. would be the thing that I would do for fun. That is cool. Yeah. You hit that billionaire billion dollar ticket. Yeah, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to need that ticket. <laughs> In my spare time, I, I spend I spend my spare time with my boyfriend, um, and we've got a boat, so we go out on the boat, nice. and I try not to drown. Sailing or powerboat? Uh, powerboat. Oh, in Annapolis, well, that's big sailing country. So that's why. Yeah, yeah, we're one of the renegades. <laughs> <laughs> the sailboaters turn their nose up to the powerboaters. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but when they need a tow, they're coming to you. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your favorite event to compete at? Um, I have uh, a few that I wouldn't be able to separate. Um, pine top. I love pine top. It's great for the horses. It sets them up perfectly. The courses are excellent. Um, and then Carolina is terrific. Um, I loved, um, Richland and then, um, Bromont. Bromont is, if you put a gun to my head, I would say Bromont, but I would like to categorize them all equally. Without a gun to my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, any good luck or superstition rituals before an event? Um, not before an event. Um, I do put my left shoe on first every day, um, and which creates a problem when you're in a shoe store trying shoes on and they, they give you the right <laughs> shoe. And I look like a weirdo asking for the left shoe. <laughs> but um, and uh, I like I can't stand odd numbers my radio is always on an even number tv i can't watch a tv if the volume's on an odd number i get agitated but other than that i'm a very normal person <laughs> uh i got a couple huh. of them. i got a karen's got a couple funny yeah, things similar to that too, oh yeah so. yeah oh yeah yeah we all have our quirks we're all we're all crazy in our own way Kate. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh rider that you are a fan of rider that i'm a fan of yeah um, right now, every, 
uh, woman on the planet has to be a fan of Janelle Price. Nice. Yeah. Everyone. I mean, she's she is just uh, she's had an incredible year. She's did the same thing, moved from New Zealand. Um, she's managed to put in the hard yards, and she's been successful for a long time. But like you, I mean, how could you not be a huge fan of her? And she's a super nice person. Awesome. Yeah. Great answer. Yeah. All right. Last one. Uh, if you could ride any horse, who would it be? Alive or dead? Uh, doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Um, a, a show jumping horse in the nineties called Milton that John Whitaker rode. It was a, he looked like a big white pony, and I would love to do one round at Hickstead on on that horse. I know it's not eventing, but that would I would love that. Yeah, Hickstead. That's uh, that's definitely one. Have you ever been there for that? Uh, no, I religiously watched the videos as a kid, but I've never been there. No. Yeah, that's just one of those. It doesn't matter if you're an eventer or dressage. I mean, it's just like it's iconic, and it's, it's yeah. So, cool. so to ride that yeah. horse and Hickstead, to be precise, that's awesome. Yep. Great answer. Yep. Yeah. I love it. Uh, love it. Do I get extra points for adding another element? To yes, the yes, yes. You, do. you get you ding, do. ding, ding, <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> Bonus, bonus point. <laughs> Kate's winning the guests. So far, she's in the lead. <laughs> uh, so uh, all right. So, all right. That concludes the, yeah. the lightning round, right, Karen? Yeah, that's the lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> you, you survived with bonus points. With bonus points. <laughs> I feel ready for family feud now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, if you could give any advice to a young rider, what would it be? Um, work hard, go, go and find someone They don't have to be the, um, the best rider in the world. You have, um, you have your, um, life to life ahead of you to find that, find someone who believes in you and wants you to do as well as you want to do, go to them, learn from them and work hard, um, and trust your horse, believe in your horse and love your horse. And if you do all of those things, uh, success is bound to follow. You can you can always um, you can always learn more and go to go to better and better people. But if you don't get the the start right, then it's very hard. Awesome, that's great yeah, advice. Yeah, it sure is. Very awesome advice. So, uh, real quick, just to backtrack once in your current in your in your your farm you have now, how how many horses do you have like in training at the farm? Um, I actually, when I moved to this area, I, I did downsize. I've got 12. Um, that sounds perfect actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, that's actually a really good number. And I was, I was concerned cause I'd had uh, like between 35 and 40 before that. And I was a little concerned about how that would work out. Um, but I found it to be great. I can uh, spend more time with each horse and, um, I get home at a reasonable hour and, um, and uh, and I'm not dead at the end of the day. I've got uh, energy to like concentrate on other aspects of my business and stuff like that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's worked out really well. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's the tough part. That I think we sometimes forget about is that you're also running a business. So yeah, and that's the, that's a and that's a hard thing to do because most um, most riders don't come from a business background. They they ride because they love horses and and they love competition and and the business aspect is. Uh, I I found I've made a whole lot of mistakes 
Um, and it, it was, it's really hard to learn. Um, and I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on it now. Um, but that, that was the aspect that I had not appreciated when I got into it. Do you, do you have help or do you pretty much do it all yourself? Uh, no, I've got a, a couple of, uh, with the business or in yeah, the, like with the business with the, like the, um, do you have an accountant I've, or do you have someone that pays your bills for your hat? Do you have to do all that yourself? I, I have a bookkeeper. Um, okay. cause again, I'm terrible with paperwork. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a bookkeeper who I avoid her calls and text messages at all costs because she's asking me to send her some updates. Or <laughs> I'm like, I can't remember. I forgot. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> How am I supposed to remember which horses we took cross-country schooling two weeks ago? <laughs> and she's like, I texted you two weeks ago to ask you which horses you were taking today. And, um, and then I do have an accountant as well. Um, but I've taken inspiration from uh, some of my owners. Are, like obviously, when you're involved in horses, you've um, probably been successful in your personal endeavors outside of horses. I've actually taken some good advice and um, leadership from some of my owners, um, particularly um, Mr. McEwen, who owned my old farm. He was uh, he was he was a really good leader, and when things would get rough, um, he would he was very good at noticing. And he would always call me and ask if I needed uh, needed advice, and I would always uh, uh, listen to his advice. And he was a great, great influence. That's awesome. That's great that you had some some people here helping you out. Good old Americans helping out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's tough too. I mean, it's business, different country. I mean, let alone not knowing how to run a business or you know the administrative side, but then doing it legally in a different country than you grew up in, and. Yeah, having, yeah. You know, less people. It isn't like you have. You're at home where you have, where you know a bunch of people. But that's always a well, thing like I, I said. Have. If I had known how hard this was going to be, um, moving here and doing all of this stuff, I would probably have never done it. Um, but uh, I didn't think that far ahead. I just knew uh, what I wanted, and so I just took that that leap to get to that point. And then, like everything I've ever done in my life, my life, I, I like I'll I'll take a, a leap to go to one point and then figure everything else out. Like you sink or swim, jump in the deep end, and you learn how to swim, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's always I have not taken a gamble yet um, that like a big life changing gamble that didn't work out. And I think that when you do that, when you put everything on the line, it makes you have to make it work, and um, and you learn. A whole lot of uh, resourcefulness that you otherwise you, you, there's no other way to learn than um, than than having to do something. Yeah, yep, that's awesome. Great, great, Kate. I appreciate that. It's so yeah, awesome, it is. Karen. Isn't that awesome? Mm -hmm. I love that. That advice is good for like anything. Like you just got to go. There's we're all guilty of maybe not you, Kate, because it sounds like you just go for it. But you know, a lot of us are guilty of planning and and we have this idea and we just never act on it. We never put that foot forward to actually do it you know so well it, it's kind of it's kind of scary to do especially like i had nothing to lose um and when you've got nothing to lose like this is this was when i moved from queensland to new south wales when you have nothing to lose it's a lot easier to gamble and um and then and it, it can be it's kind of harder as you get old older because you you have stuff that you want to protect and the gamble becomes a lot more uh risky i think um yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You have a nice, cushy, comfy bed and home and hot meals and nice car. 
you don't yep. lose it. If you don't, if you're, if you got holes in your shoes, you just started wearing shoes in ninth grade, right, Karen? Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you would have got to lose, right? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I appreciate you can understand. I'm joking, but you can. but so hey, that that is uh, Kate. This is this is really uh, really awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate your perspective and what you're bringing to this because you know what the perception is. A lot of people believe that every upper level rider have uh, wealthy parents and had unlimited horses growing up and unlimited resources. And you're, you've, you've told us how you had to ride two hours to and from a pony club lesson. And, uh, you know, and ha- what, the, what, basically what you, what your parents had to do, the, the time that they put in for you to be able to do that as well, you know, putting a whole day aside, driving five miles ahead of you or, or you know, and, yep. and, and keeping up with you. And, and then, and then the fact that you, 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 you stuck your neck out there and said, I, I want to do this and I'm going to, you know, go and move 12 hours away. And then I'm going to move, I'm going to go to Germany. I'm going to go to America. I think, uh, that people need to hear that because there's somebody at home listening that thinks, Oh, I don't have wealthy parents or, and, and you, you're going to inspire them to, to say, okay, I just have to make it happen. What do I have to lose? You don't, you don't need anything to get started. That's the great thing. You, um, opportunities, um, come up when you start to push in the direction you want to go, opportunities are there. And so what if you, if you have a horse that is going beginner novice and you, your friend down the road who's, uh, has a horse that is, uh, going prelim and your horse is stopping at beginner novice. Who cares? You learn a lot from a horse that stops at beginner lo- yeah, sure beginner do. novice. Um, you learn as much from that as a horse going around prelim. Um, and you just keep pushing ahead, pushing ahead. There are always opportunities um, uh, if you if you just keep looking for them, and the, the, and just not being afraid to 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 try something. And if you fail, so what? Um, um, what was one of those basketball players um, talks about missing missed ten thousand shots and oh, then yeah. made one and um, like that's that's what it's going to be you, that's the other thing that you always have to be um, you, that you no one tells you when you get into it you need to expect that you're going to have some failures along the way no matter how hard you try and the failures are so educational and they make you um, they make you better and better and better, um, and and it's not always going to be fun. Like it doesn't matter what background you come from. Um, horses are a great leveler. Like you can either ride or you can't. And the horses don't know how much money you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't know anything about that. They know how you try to communicate with them, and that's a that's a personal thing, regardless of the means that you come from. And so I think at the top of the sport, um, whether whether or not you you started out with nothing or you started out with a lot, by the time you get to uh, advanced, you can't fake it. And so um, the the your background at that point means means nothing. Um, and every single rider out there that's riding at the advanced level, three and four star level, um, they really really care for their horses. They really work hard, and um, they've dealt with a lot of setbacks, and they just keep coming, get knocked down seven times, get back up eight. 
and they've every one of them's had some hardship and 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 you can't you can't uh, you can't negate that by having more money than someone else and so it's not a financial thing in the end it's a, a passion I love it yeah absolutely mm-hmm. Kate thank you so much that is I knew when we were getting Kate on Karen it was going to be gold it was going to be gold <laughs> I knew you were going to be dropping bombs this is awesome <laughs> Kate I knew it I knew it it's the Australian one. thing Karen <laughs> someday we're going to have Kate Chatterton Dom Schramm and Ryan Wood. Boom. The power trio. Oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> we need someone to keep those other two straight, you know? <laughs> but it'd be the, you can have like an Australian with a little slash, you know, stars and stripes in the corner, you know? So that would be so fun though, if you guys were there, because you would have so many Americans rooting for you guys. It, 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 that's kind of cool. You, you know, you almost have two, two homelands, you know? Yeah, yeah. When I look at the, when I look at all you guys, I look at you guys as I mean I know you're Australian, but you know you're you're ours as well, you know. And we, uh, I appreciate that. But America feels like home. Yeah, it's cool. It's and cool. the um, there aren't that many animals here that can kill you. Yeah. <laughs> you look hard enough. You go to the right state. They're out there. Bears, I don't go to those states. <laughs> mountain lions. <laughs> my my so, mum opened the um the uh, sliding glass door at the back of her house the other day, and I kid you not, as she she opened the door and stepped outside, and a snake fell on her head. Oh, that's my worst there. So she puts a picture on Facebook of it and just casually like, oh, look at this pretty snake. It's a non-venomous one. And um, I'm like, mom, if a snake is falling on your head, that's not somewhere you want to live. No. <laughs> no. Oh, that's so funny. Well, I hate there's snakes. There's no mice. I'm up for that. I'm- Say that again? If there's no, if there's snakes, then there's probably no mice or fewer mice. So I've never been afraid of being bitten by a mouse, uh, but a snake. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Fun fact. But, Fun fact. Old, old Robbie's got a little. He's terrified I'm of a little, mice. I, <laughs> really? They, they creep me out. They're terrible. At, at, at the barn that's right down the street, uh, I needed him to grab a bag of he- uh, grain. And he saw a mouse, and he refused to get I'm, the grain, so I had to go get it myself. Well, <laughs> I, I'm going to deny that story. That's amazing. <laughs> listen, Karen, you don't have sounds to make like, me sound totally... Sounds like you need a snake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I need a couple of snakes. My mom has one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it up. Oh, man. Enough making fun of me, girls. Uh, <laughs> so, Kate, we always like to, as we start winding things down, we like to just uh, acknowledge any sponsors that you guys have that that help keep you 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 and your business out going and and um if you have any that you'd like to mention this is the the time to shine well i'm pretty lucky that um i've i've got a a few people that um get behind me um uh one of my first um sponsors when i moved to america is steuben and um keith brooks from steuben called me one day and um was asking like if he could come out and we could discuss a uh, potential sponsorship and we were talking for about two or three minutes and he said I've got to I've got to interrupt um, this conversation for a minute I had no idea that you were Australian and he just signed on Ryan Wood 
and um, Dom Schramm. And he's like, no one told me that you were Australian. And it kind of feels like we're, <laughs> we're, we're targeting all of the Australians, which <laughs> it wasn't. And, um, and so that was a kind of a funny uh, start to our relationship. And I, um, with, with my sponsors, I use their stuff before I, because if I'm using it, and endorsing it, I want to be confident that that's what I would choose to use. Sure. And and with uh, with Steuben, they've been uh, so fantastic. Um, I ride a lot of thoroughbreds, and there are only so many saddles that you can have. Not every horse can have its own saddle. And I found that the Steubens are very versatile in fitting a lot of different horses, particularly the thoroughbreds, which are a challenge to fit because they they tend to be uh, a little narrow some of them, and they, they change shape a fair bit as they get fit. Um, and the horses I like have pretty short backs, and so um, having the right saddle is very important to me. And then um, um, uh, I use Purina products on all my horses, and um, I also I, I ride in free jump uh, stirrups and chaps and boots. Um, I find them very comfortable and... Uh, their stirrups are among the safest in the world, and then my horses get gum bits, which are a, a chewing gum that you can, for want of a better term, that um, that they I, I feed it to them after they have their bridle on, and uh, it helps to keep them happy and relaxed. And then obviously you got to do something for the horses' joints, and I use um, Cosequin on all of my horses, um, like the older, more experienced ones get it, and then even the young horses get it. Uh, and I've had a lot of success with, with that product. Yeah. Karen's been taken to Cosamin. Yeah, the Cosamin. The human Oh, yeah? yeah? Yeah. I, I to, honestly, I think it's really helping. You, you do? Yeah. Yeah. I um, <clears throat> was having um, knee issues and actually, like, my knees are feeling really good. The, uh, the knees are terrible. That, like, if, you're, if your knees are bad, that's, like, that affects your entire life. Yeah. Like, Walking upstairs, carrying things, yep. um, and there's there's no real way to quantify with horses because they can't talk. But I I, I notice a difference uh, in them, and so I'm glad to hear that in the human version you can actually feel a difference. Yeah, yeah. Joey, uh, <coughs> our son won a what, he he won that. Right? Yeah, he won it. So <laughs> I was like, uh, can I, can I try sponsored it? A, you know, some, it, was, it was what was it six months of Cosequin. Yeah. And then, oh, wow. and then some, and then a, and then a Cosamin yeah. and stuff. So mm-hmm. since Joe's 18 and, you know, super fit and still healthy, yeah. his mom took his prize. <laughs> <laughs> he did ask first. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> awesome. Uh, is that, is that round out your sponsors or? Yep. Yep. Awesome. That is some really fine sponsorship. Mm-hmm. I tell you. Um, I'm, I'm very lucky. Um, and like I said, I, I, ha- I always have to use the products before. Um, before I endorse it, and um, and they're all great companies. Gotcha. Now, this is a question that we we used to ask a lot, and we kind of backed off. And but, is there a product that you use that you would love to like that you really love, you really care about, but you're not sponsored by them? But maybe like throw a little shout out, like, "Hey, I use your stuff and I like it." Anything like that? Um, the perhaps the um. My favorite britches are the Hors brand, the um, H-O-R-Z-E. They, they, I found that 
they fit me so well and they look really stylish, which is important to me. <laughs> um, I, I choose to wear their britches, but I'm not sponsored by them. There we go. Shout out to horse. <laughs> and I like how you brought in the Z because. Definitely... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's still Australian. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, so is there, um, do you have any social media or website that, um, our listeners can follow you on? Yeah. My, my, uh, website is katechatterton.com. Um, I'm active on, um, Facebook, which is, um, just my name, Kate Chatterton, and I am active on Instagram, which is also my name. Okay. Awesome. So any of that, that, that young hard worker that's looking for the break that says, you know, what better person to, to go work for if you're like a hard worker and you want to be, you know, is to go work for you. So I say some, some young hard working, aspiring working students should, should definitely hit you up and, and hit me up on Facebook and, um, and let's talk. Yeah. And yeah. then how about, and we get some, you know, if anyone's looking to get some horses in competition and come on to Kate, do you take uh, like syndicates and stuff like that or, or horses, yep, yep. horses for, okay, cool. Um, I have a, um, a few horses that are owned uh, by syndicates. Um, my, uh, I, I shouldn't have favorites, but I do. <laughs> my, my favorite horse at the moment is actually a training level horse. Um, the mare bred by uh, David Finch out of Finch Farms in Toowoomba in Queensland. And um, Julie Scott, who's an owner of mine, uh, and I had been over to Europe looking for horses, and we couldn't find what we what we really wanted. And we were looking for a one-star horse. Uh, we vetted one in Poland that didn't work out, and we just didn't find anything else. And so um, I went back home uh, a couple of weeks later, and accidentally found this three-year-old, which was far from what we were looking for, <laughs> that had just been broken in. And so we brought her over. Um, and then um, uh, Julie owns her along with a, um, a couple who live in England, um, uh, friends of mine who, um, uh, Kylie and Ollie, and uh, I grew up with Kylie in Australia, and her life led her down a path where she doesn't ride now. But they've been great at supporting um, at supporting this mare, and I absolutely love this horse. Um, her show name is Valor, um, but we call her Margot in the barn after Margot Robbie. You know the actress? Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. So Margot Robbie was born just down the road from where the horse was. And so I was like, well, what better name than that? <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> and shout out to Margot Robbie if you're listening. Then there are a couple of shares left, and I'd be delighted for you yeah. to buy a couple. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to yeah, ta tag a Margot Robbie in this episode for sure, for sure. It's <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Well, Kate, it was our pleasure to have you on. This was really uh, fantastic getting to know you in this. And uh, man, oh, man. So well, I'm pleased and honored that you asked me to be on. So thank you very much. Awesome. Yeah, this was fun. Super. So thanks a lot, Kate. Everyone get out there and root for Kate. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Remember to subscribe to Major League Eventing's podcast and give us a rating on iTunes and Stitcher. And you can always contact us at MajorLeagueEventing at gmail.com. Cheers. <laughs>